Well, good day, Lou. How are you? Good to see you today. And uh, replacing our, our fearless leader, I suppose we could say, who's a little under the weather. But um, we've got a lot to talk about. He's out for a few weeks, so we're going we're gonna to do it a few for the next few weeks. So we'll, um, we'll get it all done. And I suppose, first of all, I'd like to really introduce you and welcome you along. I mean, when you look at everything that you've done and all your qualifications, I feel... Um, I suppose I'm not up to that level, mate. No, no, all good, Lou. It's uh, we're, I think we're all in the hands of the unknown at the moment. With uh, we had, of course, a we uh, are a good, aren't we? We had a big decision from the Reserve Bank um, this week with uh, with its uh, April interest rate uh, uh, position now revealed, and uh, for me yeah. it was a bit of a surprise, but. Uh, I'm just looking at, I guess, the theoretical side of economics. But uh, the fact is that the Reserve Bank have um, decided to leave rates on hold. Yes, believe it or not, on hold after 10 consecutive months wow. of increases. Yeah, starting uh, in May last year, of course. And that, that May increase last year was the first increase in interest rates we'd had in over 10 years. So we had none for 10 years and then we had 10 months in a row. Um, and now we've had a pause. And uh, really, it's a, a little surprising if we look at the data that's been coming out, Lou. Uh, in my opinion, it really doesn't mm. support a pause at all. In fact, the main game is supposed to be to raise rates to reduce demand uh, and therefore put downward pressure on inflation, which, of course, and as the Reserve Bank concedes, is still uh, too high, way too high. Um, but the Reserve Bank has decided uh, it wants to see, you know, take some time to see what effect um, that higher interest rates have had on inflation. And um, it's because it believes that, you know, we may not be seeing the effects yet of these rates. And I think it does wants to make sure that it hasn't gone too hard um, and that will cause some sort of a, a downturn, which would be difficult to control. Now, um, I'm not sure what data, in fact, I don't think there's any data to support the uh, proposition that interest rates have affected inflation. Um, the only data that we've had out that the Reserve Bank uh, over the past month that Reserve Bank refers to is the monthly inflation data, which, of course, is a new data set from the ABS. And even the Reserve Bank themselves have uh, have proposition that this data set is experimental and um, that it needs, you know, some work uh, on it before it becomes a reliable indicator uh, of inflation. So, and yet it's used it as a, uh, as a, as a, as a point to saying that, oh, well, the monthly inflation data is better. Uh, therefore, maybe, you know, showing that interest rates, higher interest rates have worked. I'm not buying that to be uh, quite honest. And um, the uh, other factors that we've had over the past month um, clearly reflect a very, very strong economy continuing. Of course, we have the, uh, the lowest uh, unemployment rate for a month on record, back to record low unemployment levels over February. Um, we had uh, 
the number of people uh, in work increasing, uh, job over 60,000 jobs were created, the number of unemployed fell, and the, uh, the proportion of um, uh, the workforce from the population increased. So we actually dragged more people out of the population into the workforce at still a near record level. So it really doesn't get any better than that, Lou. Um, a very, very strong economy. And um, yet we've had a pause in, in interest rates. So, uh, um, you know, does this mean that... Um, we do re-look at everything again. <laughs> well, this is the problem. You I know, suppose the uh, interesting, uh, quite an interesting couple of statements have been made. But, but having said, you know, the issues are what model the Reserve Bank is using to justify its monetary policy stance. And it is said that it looks at the labour market, obviously inflation data, um, and retail sales. And retail sales were stronger again over February, um, probably not tracking as high as they were, um, or the trend is not as high as it was towards the end of last year. But still, it's you know well above where it was pre-COVID and rising. So you know, I, I think it's early for them to be surmising that there's been an impact on the economy in terms of reducing demand and spending uh, because of higher interest rates and that they want to sort of wait and see. And the other point, Lou, is that um, we haven't had, uh, none of the other central banks are, are, are signalling that they're going to pause rates either. You know, it's, um, um, uh, in fact, the US have just put up their official rates. Um, so they're really bucking the trend in terms of the international experience from higher rates. So um, you know, it's uh, I guess a leap of faith from the uh, from the RBA at this stage, and I just hope it doesn't mean that um, you know we're going to have to have higher rates uh, for longer because you know we really haven't done anything to control inflation. I suppose it's quite interesting, um, Doctor. Some some of the comments that I've uh, had from clients, and I still sit with quite a lot of clients. They said, "Oh, it was." probably political pressure that they've not done this increase or, you know, it's been the fact of the population and, you know, some of the bad news that they've had, but it actually is, you know. And quite often we'd be, probably be saying maybe we should have had a little slight increase. Well, I think this is the, the issue now is that when we, you can't justify or when the Reserve Bank's having difficulty justifying, um, you know, its decision-making based on the parameters that it's promoted, then there are questions about, well, what exactly is going on here? You know, what's, what's driving these decisions? Um, I mean, there's in their last meeting, they discussed, uh, for the, for the, uh, for the March, uh, interest rate decision. They did promote the fact that, uh, you know, perhaps they would consider, um, pausing rates. Now, the data to then, um, to March, the beginning of March, um, was looking like maybe there were some slight signs that, uh, um, you know, higher interest rates were working. But um, since then, um, the data actually improved in terms of a strengthening economy and higher retail sales. Um, so, you know, and yet they still went ahead and, uh, and paused rates. So it, it leaves you to sort of think, well, you know, they seem to have made that decision a month ago that they were going to pause rates uh, over April. So, uh, you know, again, as you suggested, it, it, it may be, you know, then opens a can of worms in terms of what's motivating the Reserve Bank. If they're not following, you know, their own guidelines, and that is that, you know, they're going to raise rates 
until demand the demand starts to soften, um, and then they pause rates when demand is actually increasing. Um, you know, it leaves a lot of question marks out there. But look, we, we can discuss the you know issues in terms of uh, you know the macroeconomic theory here, and you know just what the hell are the is the Reserve Bank doing and why. Um, but at the end of the day, this is actually good news, Lou, um, that we've, after 10 months of increases <laughs> and a wide expectation from just about everybody Give us that, um, that we were going to get another one, we've actually had a, we, we get a pause. And this is in the context, which is quite remarkable again, and surely the Reserve Bank would be aware of this, that house prices are rising again. And it's not just a blip. I mean, my housing market has now... Um, reported consecutive increases in uh, monthly house prices in the national uh, housing, uh, the national house price, similarly for units. Uh, and we've seen Sydney um, rising by two months now, nearly uh, over two months and nearly 2% higher this year so far for house prices in Sydney. And um, the Melbourne market also um, increased over, over February. Okay, Lou, so let's have a look at the slides for this week. And uh, as we've already discussed, the um, uh, as we've already discussed, the big news is the extraordinary decision by the Reserve Bank to hold rates over April after those ten months of increases. Um, inflation still high, the economy continues to boom, record low jobless. We mentioned that strong and rising retail sales and house prices are rising again. And there's our uh, there's our trend for official interest rates holding now at three point six percent after that ten. Months of increases are still well below, Lou, where we were at the peak back in uh, 2011 there at 4.75%. So, of course, uh, that interest rate pause will bolster already reviving housing markets, adding to growing buyer and seller confidence as those value opportunities emerge, with prices still lower than a year ago, Lou. And, of course, um, um, you know, once we've seen prices now, on the move upwards, buyers will start to think, you know, maybe I've missed the bottom of the market. Maybe now it is a time to, uh, if I've been putting off a decision to buy, to get into the market because prices are still lower than where they were a year ago. So uh, those value opportunities are emerging in the mindset of buyers, you know, the fear of missing out energy. And uh, we saw a similar thing happen in 2019 when the market, uh, when market confidence had been fragile for a while. And buyers started to move in because they perceived that it was a good time to buy. And I think that now with interest rates pausing, um, that'll even add more fuel to that uh, particular energy loo. So, um, and that's the data on house prices, mm. national house price up for the second um, consecutive month over March. Um, and we can see all, all the major capitals reported increases in house prices over over March and uh, Sydney was the top performer there up by 1.2%. Same deal uh, for, uh, well, we had the same uh, um, uh, results for units. So it wasn't just houses, it was units as well. Yeah. A day, I suppose, Doc, a day doesn't go past where I'll sit with a client and they'll tell me that, no, units never go up as much as houses. It's always the houses. But your data is very different. Well, that's true, Lou. And we have seen a movement in unit demand over the last 12 months, particularly. Um, in fact, units outperformed houses through 2022 
Um, and some of the smaller states, well, not so small in Brisbane or capitals, um, it, with Brisbane being a, a clear uh, leader last year with Adelaide um, in terms of prices growth for units. So um, units are, uh, are certainly popular at the moment and, um, you know, continuing to create uh, uh, higher prices. Now, we also had some important data out uh, this uh, week, uh, Lou, which was the home building uh, data, the ABS building approvals data. Um, interestingly, we saw a, a bit of an uptick in approvals overall, up by 4% over February. This is seasonally adjusted data um, uh, overall, and uh, that was driven by houses that increased by 11.3%. But units were down again, down by 9.5%. But overall, despite that increase over um, over February, uh, total approvals are 31.1% lower than February 22. So uh, again, just reinforcing that chronic undersupply of, of housing that we have in Australia. Um, and, you know, this is part of what's mm. driving at the moment, clearly higher rents and will continue to put upward pressure uh, on prices as well. So, uh, and there we can see the trend downwards in total building approvals for dwellings. Um, even though we had that little uptick over, over February from houses, uh, the trend is, is down uh, clearly since the uh, surge we got from home builder, um, in 2021. That was the policy from the previous government to stimulate demand for housing. And it certainly worked, but now we're back to the, uh, I guess more of the normal result, which is uh, falling building approvals, which isn't really a, a good environment. If since we're getting uh, you know a surge in migration now and uh, falling supply and rising demand can only mean higher rents and higher prices, Lou. And we certainly know that in the rental market at the moment. And you can see there both units and houses are tracking downwards in terms of um, the trend for uh, you know the underlying trends there for building approvals. Um, and that's the data over the month. You can see that's still everywhere down except for um, except for houses, which had a, a pickup over uh, over February, but uh, coming clearly still from a low base. This is the long term trend. You can see that really we've stopped building since 2016, uh, notwithstanding that slight uptick that we had um, during that home builder period. And you can see there that clearly units have been the big losers in terms of decline, the trend decline in building approval since 2016. And I guess that comes back to, you know, what we were discussing, Lou, about the popularity of units. Well, we've just run out of units, really. And, um, you know, that shows there in terms of the collapse in, in building for units. And, um, um, you know, even though houses picked up through that home builder period, they're now falling again, the underlying trend. Uh, and of course, the, the real problem is, and we'll look at this next week, Lou, will be building costs. Um, and building costs continue to be high. Um, they've, you know, obviously put a lot of building companies under pressure. And some building companies, unfortunately, having hit the wall because they can't afford to finish their, uh, their jobs because building costs have, uh, have skyrocketed. So, uh, that means even these approvals, Lou, may not end up as actual jobs because they'll be either postponed or cancelled because businesses will be unable to, um, you know, building companies will be unable to uh, fulfil their contracts. And, of course, you can't trade if you're, you know, insolvent. And um, that's uh, what we're seeing in a couple of companies now, which is, which is quite a concern. But from our point of view, Lou, it means that, you know, there's just be even fewer 
homes coming into a marketplace which is just chronically undersupplied. You know, we really need more. Interestingly enough, uh, when we look at the breakdown of the uh, um, of the capital cities, Lou, we could see there that uh, Melbourne is is clearly the leader in terms of overall building. Um, but now we've got uh, Brisbane taking over from Sydney, and Brisbane is now building more houses than Sydney, which you know is 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 probably more about just Sydney's not building anything at the moment uh, in relative terms. Um, and, and, and Brisbane's, you know, picking up. So it's quite remarkable to see there that, um, you know, Brisbane is, uh, is now approving more dwellings, um, but also approving more units in Brisbane than Sydney, which is typically the home of, uh, of unit development, which is just quite extraordinary. You can see how really Melbourne is flying in terms of unit development as well. But overall, even when we look at these comparative numbers, they're well below, you know, their long-term trends. But, um, yeah, look, I think, you know, again, this is reinforcing the issues with uh, with the Sydney housing market having run out of properties, you know, and not really replacing anything at the moment. And finally, of course, we have the uh, results from the uh, weekend auction market uh, last weekend. Of course, last weekend was... Uh, the first weekend in April, um, interesting weekend, uh, Lou, because it is the typical uh, Super Saturday, pre-Easter holiday, Super Saturday of auctions. We always get a big number of auctions prior to the Easter break. Of course, uh, agents are trying to avoid a clash with uh, with the Easter holidays, so uh, we get some big numbers. So uh, auction markets have been uh, certainly travelling um, quite well this year, particularly Melbourne and Sydney, which are well above where they finished last year. And there's a, some real consistency now about that, uh, about those uh, auction markets, particularly Melbourne and Sydney. Again, it'll be welcome news from buyers that interest rates won't rise this, uh, this month. And, um, you know, in what is already a, uh, a vibrant auction market. And, uh, but that was tested. The market was tested on the weekend. As I said, that was the Super Saturday of auctions, the pre Easter Super Saturday. Um, and uh, we saw clearance rates above 70% in all capitals except Canberra, um, which is a remarkable result given that we had higher numbers of, uh, of listings coming through um, and maybe still some anticipation about a higher interest rate, which, of course, didn't occur. Um, but we still had um, remarkably clearance rates higher than 70% in every market except, uh, um, except, for, uh, uh, except for Canberra. And of course, we have a pause now. Uh, it is the end of the early uh, autumn selling season, which usually fi- which finishes, I guess, notionally at Easter, and uh, we then move into the second part of the market. But it's been a very positive um, uh, uh, early autumn selling season, Lou, and uh, we shouldn't be surprised with these higher clearance rates that um, we're seeing um, uh, higher house prices or home prices coming yeah. through as well. So, yeah, no surprise, higher house prices uh, are following higher clearance rates. You can see that trend in Sydney, which is clearly evident. We show this uh, most weeks just to show why we do focus on that those auction markets, Lou, because they are a very good forward indicator of, um, uh, of general housing market activity. Higher house, uh, higher house prices reflect higher clearance rates. Same thing in Melbourne, same relationship. Uh, last weekend's results, big numbers in Sydney. 800 auctions, over 800 auctions, um, not that far away from last year, actually, but although it wasn't Super Saturday the same weekend last year uh, as Easter fell a week later. 
Um, but a good result there in Sydney, a 73% clearance rate. Um, Melbourne, um, not quite as many auctions as we would have anticipated in Melbourne for Super Saturday. Um, however, a very good result there, 74% clearance rate. Brisbane bounced back strongly uh, the 76% clearance rate. And as usual, Adelaide floated around 80% clearance rate with higher auction numbers. So, um, you know, really some very positive results there, Lou, to um, um, finish the auction season. Uh, and we await uh, the bounce back um, in a couple of weeks. So when we look at the monthly auction results, uh, uh, Lou, we can see, um, you know, that it has been a positive, uh, positive uh, march in terms of uh, clearance rates there. In Sydney, uh, similarly, and, and tracking at its highest level for nearly a year, similar in Melbourne. Um, Brisbane picked up over March compared to April and uh, compared to, sorry, February. And uh, Adelaide's still strong and Canberra's been the yeah. underperformer, but at least some consistency there in the, uh, in the Canberra market. So um, you can get those auction results, of course, on my LinkedIn channel uh doc andrew wilson every saturday night for the uh, uh capital city updates and the full national report out sunday morning so uh take advantage of that it is a clear indicator of what's happening in our housing market so that's the end for today lou perfect i had a question i i I had a client yesterday i sat with and it's quite interesting they're using google as a source of um information and statistics do you use google no, not really. No, not really, <laughs> Lou. I have my own uh, independent data source, but um, um, I'm sure it's probably um, a much better level than Google. Yeah, well, it, look, it, uh, I track the the data that's uh, that's released. I, I guess uh, it does come through search engines in the in the first instance, um, but there are mm. other obviously portals that uh, that have uh, rich data sets that. Uh, that you know, one can uh, you know, one one can review and uh, and mm -hmm. use in, you know, in terms of modelling. Yeah, thanks very much, Lou. It's been great today, and uh, we look forward. Of course, it's been a very interesting, you know, uh, I, I guess twenty four hours in the sense that we've had interest rates on hold. This is something we haven't seen for ten months, so it's different. Um, and it'll be interesting yeah. to see what the Reserve Bank how they move forward. And of course, as the data comes out. Will they be, you know, uh, justified in in saying, well, maybe it was a good time to pause, or will it be proven mm. to be, you know, something they've done a little bit prematurely in terms of controlling yeah. uh, inflation? Uh, one of the issues mm -hmm. that uh, that I, I I wanted to mention also was that, you know, it's sort of these things happen, but um, we've actually got some concerns now over the price of oil. Um, OPEC have announced they're going mm. to cut production of oil. And this may mean higher fuel costs, and uh, of course, that's the worst thing you want in terms of trying to control inflation with oil prices already too high. But uh, it's all about the change in, in from period to period, and um, our uh, oil prices have fallen by around about half over the past year, which has been a contributor, a significant contributor to falling inflation. But um, you know, if we reverse that and start seeing prices rise again, I'm afraid we're back to the slippery slope of higher inflation. And that's going to yes. mean that, you know, maybe the Reserve Bank missed an opportunity to continue to tighten monetary policy and, uh, you know, offset um, what, what's going to be higher inflation down the track. Yeah. I suppose the prediction is possible increases moving forward. Well, we'll wait and see and we'll have all the news first here, of course, Lou.
That's it. We'll be waiting. Thanks, Thanks Don. mate. Appreciate everything. It's fantastic. See All you right. soon. Chat next week. <laughs> Bye-bye.